Episode 225 of the Bevan James O Show. This is going to be random. Radio team, welcome along to episode 225 of the Bevan James. I will show you a fortnightly podcast on the behaviours that create a lifetime love of exercise so you can get all the benefits that come alongside it. Today's show is going to be random. And when I say random, it's probably going to be the most random show I have ever done in the history of this show. And why am I saying this? Well, normally, you know, there's kind of two types of shows, isn't there? There's the interview show, so I try to kind of... Every two weeks I do an interview, and then every two weeks after that I do a Bevan show. And then when I'm not doing an interview show, I kind of have a theme or a topic that I dig deep into, and we explore that, and, and ultimately I kind of go deep into that subject, try to give you some learning, try to give you some things to think about, try to give a bit of a plan, and go on from there. And I've got to be honest, going into today's show, I didn't really have anything on my mind that I wanted to go that deeply into. And so... Instead of kind of what I normally, because what I normally do is I kind of have the idea in my head, I kind of mine for how I'm going to work this idea out, then, you know, by the time I sit down, I take some notes and I go through the process. But today I didn't do that. Today I literally wrote down about eight statements, eight random statements that are not connected in any way, shape or form, and just stuff I've been, and I was going to do it, I was going to do it like a, you know, Things I've learned from 2021 kind of show, and I suppose you could say in some ways that's it, uh, but at the same time, uh, it, it's not even that, it's just kind of random thoughts. So so this may be the best show I've ever done, or it may be the absolute worst show I ever do, but um, it's going to be a collection of thoughts, so literally I'll kind of read out the statement, and I'll take you down the pathway with my thoughts that I'm going with that statement, and then I'll go into the next statement, and there's probably going to be no connection to the first statement, and that's how we're going to roll today. So before, I'll get straight into it. So first of all, before we actually do, let's just say a big thank you to the patrons of the show. Now, if you're not a patron of the show and you want to support my podcast, the best way you can do that is go to bevanjamesisles.com, click on podcast, click on support me, go through the patron process, and each time I do a show, you donate a little bit of your hard-earned money my way, and uh, when you do, you also get a cool nickname, and these are a few of the people, we've got Deanne, the friendly one, uh, Bedgood, we've got Steph, the transformer Brunt, we've got Garth, Turn Up, uh, Turn It Up, Hopkins, and we've got Carissa, Dancing Machine Crow, these are all people who support this podcast, so uh, if you want to become a podcast supporter, again, go to Bevan James Isles Podcast, support the show, and go through the process. Anyway, I'm going to put some music on, and team, this is going to get random. So as I have just already said, today's show is random. And what I'm going to do is, I've literally, here's a piece of paper. Here's my little piece of paper. And on that piece of paper, I've written down, geez, I've got about 12 statements here, but I, I probably won't talk to all of them. Um, and I'm just going to read the statement out, and I'm going to tell you where the statement came from, what my thinking is around the statement, and you can take whatever you want from it. Where do I start? 
Okay, I'm going to start with stop problem solving. That's one of the statements I wrote down. So a few weeks ago, I was at a party and somebody at the party was sharing a really tough, tough life situation they were going through. They were being really honest, they were being really raw, and they were showing a vulnerability. Now, admittedly, that we were all people who knew each other, and there was a level of trust within these groups and the people there, so it wasn't like it was just total randoms. But there was a level of kind of, you know, trust already there. And this person sharing some pretty vulnerable stuff, and oh my God, everyone knew it was there, just was problem solving the crap out of it. And and I was getting a little bit frustrated. Now, the thing about, what do I mean by this? So, so this person was sharing some really hard things, and they were sharing the struggle that they're going through through this really hard situation. And in this group of people we were talking about, all anyone did was just keep coming back with solutions to the problem and keep coming making out that their problem wasn't actually that bad. Not that bad in a dismissive way, but as in, you know, this it will work out kind of philosophy. And I could tell that this person just wanted to offload. They just they just wanted to be able to, to share what they were going through with a group of people that they kind of knew and trusted. Now, as much as I'm kind of saying don't problem solve, the thing that I do want to say for these people is they were all coming from the right place. Like everyone who was problem solving and doing that, it's going to work out kind of communication back to the person who who was kind of vulnerable. Their intent was great. They, they, They were trying to show caring. They were trying to show support. They were trying to show that, you know, but just the communication was not actually allowing the person to offload and one i just think this is such an important thing when we're offloading when we're you know there's that concept of the emotional bid when we put an emotional bid towards somebody we're not actually looking for the answers we're often just looking for someone to show understanding and recognize the thing we're going through like think about yourself when you're when you're in a struggling moments and you communicate with someone, do you really want them just to problem solve what you're talking about, or do you want them to kind of show some understanding, some empathy, to show uh, that they they get what you're going through? And actually, interesting, I was speaking to someone the other day and they were talking about this. So talking about how um, when they talk to their partner, they don't talk about a work problem because their their partner thinks they should just do this thing. I can't remember what it was, but they're like, let's say, oh no, their boss is a pain in the bum. And, you know, they've told their partner that their boss is a pain in the bum like five times. And their partner just says, well, you need to do this. You need to go to the higher manager, for example. And this person said to me, I don't really talk to this about my to my partner anymore because whenever I bring it up, they just tell me that I should just do this thing. And, and what's happened here is because the partner has gone to problem solving, this person no longer actually opens up about the work problem they're going through because of the problem solving communication the partner is doing. And this is often what happens in these situations. People share their emotional vulnerable moments, the struggles that they're going through. And, 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 and I'm not, again, I'm not picking on these people because this is really typical. We most of us problem solve or we want to show them that it's going to be okay when actually all they need is just that understanding like watch this here's a little here's a little piece of homework for you in this area next time you're in a group environment and someone's sharing something that's really quite vulnerable and quite you know quite tough watch the communication of the people in the group 
Now, again, I'm not being critical of people in these situations because, again, their intent was great. Their intent was trying to support and help this person. It's just they go to problem solving first. And it's not that problem solving isn't a part of a communication process. It is. Problem solving can often be a really important part of communication, but it's kind of like three steps down the road. And the first thing should be empathy and understanding to the person in that situation. And so... Um, when I put right down stop problem solving, that's what I want you to think about. Next time someone puts an emotional bid towards you, and it could be with something they're struggling with, stop yourself from problem solving, or stop yourself from telling me it's going to be alright. Just show understanding. Think, what's it like to be this person in this situation? What would I feel like if I was in their situation? And then show that understanding back to them. If you can do that, a few things happen. A, it builds a better trust. B, uh, because you have better trust, they're actually going to be more open to you. And you, and then C, they actually allow to express themselves in a more freeing way. So that's my first thing written down. Second thing, I'm just going for random thoughts. I told you, this is going to be random. Singular focus. Singular focus. That's a bit of a random one, actually. Uh, as much as Lance Armstrong has you know, pretty negative image nowadays, and I have I have no respect for the guy is for his career. Um, I think I, I really struggle with people who argue everyone else was cheating at that time uh, because everyone else was cheating at that time, and don't get me wrong, Lance was the best cheat, and was he the best athlete? Well, who knows, because, you know, it's hard to know when people are using drugs, but he was a very, very malicious and horrible person to anybody who was a threat to him like he destroyed people's lives if they were a threat so I I really struggle with the ethics of the guy Um, and so I'm not a big fan of Lance Armstrong but one thing when he was an athlete one thing he did extremely well so when we looked at the the journey of the of the cyclist in that time when Lance kind of in the 2000s when he was at his dominant period a lot of cyclists would race a lot of races each year and there was kind of like a calendar of races they'd go through and the Tour de France is kind of the big brand race but there were kind of maybe four or five races they're going to go for and him and his coach, I can't remember his coach's name, I read his coach's book at the time and this was before it was known that he was a drug cheat and they said one thing they identified is they just went, we're just going to win the Tour de France. We're going to put all our focus on being the winner of the Tour de France. And sure, there might be some other races we're going to race in the year and all the rest of it, but we're going with a singular focus in this area. And this is something that's come into my mind recently because with my music, I can be a distracted focus. And right now, my obvious win with my music is my band. Our album's coming through. I'm actually, I think the song's sounding really good. I think we've got a potential to actually do something with our songs because so far we've had three back from the producer and you know what, I'm pretty happy with them and I kind of think they're songs that people could like. Um, we're all motivated, I've got a good crew of guys who are hard working and got good character traits, um, got a good marketing plan and a couple of weeks ago I found myself practicing some songs, some songs that I used to learn in the past. And the reason this happened was, so for example, I was learning Drops of Jupiter by, who sings that song? Um, uh, who does sing that song? It's going to do my head and it doesn't matter, I'll figure that out later. And it's a song, and the reason what happened was, because recently I've realised, 
I've become a better pianist. And whenever you stick at something for a long period of time, if you're consistent at developing your skills, you have these kind of moments where you have a few moments where you feel you're never going to get better. And then you get these breakthrough moments. And these breakthrough moments where you realize, Farad, I have actually gone to another level. And recently that happened to me because I, I kind of, one day I was just kind of mucking around on the piano and I grabbed an old song and it was a song I used to really struggle with. And I, I, le- I was looking at the music piece and I was reading it really well and I played it really well. And I was like, wow, I, I, you know, I don't think I've ever played it that well ever in the history of playing that song. And you know, reading the music and my skills in the past would have been a real struggle. Whereas I've kind of just picked up this piece of music right now and I've kind of, you know, done it really well. So what happened was I started kind of going back to all my other old pieces, which in the past I probably had got to a certain level, but now that I'm a better player, I thought I could play those all again. And I did. I went back and I started playing all these pieces again and I was doing them all way better in the past and it was all really good. And then I woke up one day and I thought, you've lost your singular focus. Like, my goal in music, and my mission in music is to make my, be a, a live performing musician with my own music, with a fan base that connects and expresses through the songs that we bring to them. That's my goal and my mission. Me learning Drops of Jupiter again, it's a nice kind of praise moment because it helps me see that I'm progressing, but it's not helping me achieve my singular focus. My singular focus right now is to put my band time into doing everything to make sure we have the best chance with our album. So from things like design, website, uh, production, networking, so on, so on, so on. And when I look at my week, I kind of diaritize around about five to seven hours a week on the piano. So, you know, in my diary, that's now, do I get that much time every week? No. Uh, some weeks I get less, some weeks I get more. But really, I don't have time to be learning Drops of Jupiter right now. And these songs coming through actually are okay. And actually, I think, you know what? For a certain market, there's something there. And for me, to spending you know, three hours a week of that five, six hours I give myself, learning old songs, which I, you know, does feel nice because I know I'm getting better, it's actually hurting the chances of my band having the best chance of success. And when I talk about being singular focus, I'm talking about, like with Lance Armstrong, like when you think about yourself in certain areas of your life, are you distracted by too many focuses? And are you better off to go, you know what? lose those other focuses like like to be honest right now my skill development on the piano is just not that important and when i'm when i'm getting on the piano right now i'm doing three things i'm creative writing i'm developing my skills to play the songs that we play with the band live and i'm working on other little bits that the band needs to work on you know it's it's a singular focus because i want to make sure also i'm practicing playing expressively when I'm playing live. Those are the things I'm trying to do. And often what we do is we don't progress as fast as we like because we're trying to achieve things that actually aren't that important right now. Now, do I need to become a better musician and do I need to develop my skills moving forward? Definitely. But at this moment in time, I've got this really cool opportunity because my band's putting this album together. For me to be spending time on things that aren't that focus is actually not good use of my time. And so one thing I'm doing each time now is I'm thinking 
singular focus and what's the thing I can do today that helps me make the band project not just my playing the band project that getting the album to the market getting our marketing ready building our networks developing my playing developing a creative you know what are the things that I can do today that are singular focused now the thing I know within myself and you may notice within yourself as well is things want to pull us away from this you know, that moment when I realised I was a better player, what did me a pull away and go, practice songs from the past. And that's where you've got to be really good with singular focus. You've got to go, no, no, that's actually not that important right now. My singular focus right now is to be in a band and work on my band project. And so my second point in today's show is, do you need to be like me in some areas of your life? Have you got some areas of your life where you're, you've got too many projects on, you've actually got a singular focus that you should be putting on and that might be clear. It might be really obvious that you need to put your singular focus in this area and then how do you make sure you become singular focused in this area? Because again, when I think about, you know, my goal of music is to perform, um, connect, create, express, those are my goals. This is my best chance of getting it. Like, this band I'm in, I've got, again, we've got songs, albums coming, we've got hard-working musicians, they've all got great character traits. Like, this is the best chance I've, I've, I'm going to get in a long time to get this. Why am I wasting time right now on Drops of Jupiter? It's just not that important. So that's my second thing I've written down. Third thing, I'm, right, I'm, 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 right, I'm crossing them out as I'm doing it here. Dealing with insecurity with trust. I've, I've had a couple insecure moments lately, um, and insecure moments which are a little bit about the future. And, 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 and you know, like, we go back to that um, Johan Harry interview I did years ago around lost connections. He talked about causes of depression. Now, now mine's not going to the point of depression, but um, he was talking about one of the causes of depression is an uncertain future. And you often find this in like small business owners. Small business can be tough because you don't necessarily know what tomorrow looks like. And so it can create some uncertainty. And and I'm in a place in my life right now where I've, I've, I've been talking a little bit recently where I've kind of thrown some bets against the wall. And I'm in this moment where this time next year, these bets could be absolutely awesome and they could really achieve the things I hope to achieve. But also they're the kind of bets which could go nowhere. For example, my book, I've put, you know, I was thinking about it the other day, this book project has probably been two years' work, put a lot of work into this book. Um, I'm still putting a lot, I'm probably still doing 10 hours a week on this book. Um, it's going to ramp up, you know, up to March, April when the book comes out. So there's a lot of effort going into this book, and, and I believe in the project, and I believe in the message, and I believe I can help people, and I think I've got a pretty good business model around it, but it's not certain. It's, it could be go nowhere. And so there's the kind of certainty around it, uncertainty around it. And then like the band project, I'm doing this album and, and, and I've said this many times, we're going to put our hand up, we're going we're to say we're going to try to do it. And uh, I know music's a pipe dream, that's not going to go anywhere. And then I've got some business ideas which I'm kind of working towards. And so I'm kind of just in this place where I've got these things in front of me which Potentially could be really cool, and potentially could go somewhere, but also there's chance it could go nowhere. Now, now I'm very fortunate in that all of these projects, my life doesn't depend upon it. But 
I don't know, for some reason, I, I've had some insecure moments that are around it. And how to deal with insecure moments, especially when you're feeling vulnerable about a future self or a future thing, is a, is a really good thing to think about. And one thing I've worked within myself, which is really good to, to think about, is I can trust that tomorrow will be okay because I know I can continue to evolve and grow as a person. I could trust tomorrow will be okay because I know I can continue to evolve and grow as a person. So even though the future is a little bit uncertain right now, it's not a future that I have to be fearful of because I can I can trust that I'll be able to grow through it. And I can trust that if I keep evolving my intelligence, if I keep evolving my character strengths and my traits, no matter what the future I face, I'll be able to work through it. Now, another thing to trust is I know what's important to me in living a great life. And that's a really good one as well, because I know that if I can keep maintaining my values and my passions, tomorrow is going to be fine. And I just think that sometimes when we're in insecure, vulnerable moments, we can be driven by a fear of loss. We can be driven by a fear of what if in a really negative way. And and, and I've got to be honest, in this last moment, I've had a couple of moments like that. And those two thoughts that trust that I'll keep evolving and growing, which means I'll be able to solve bigger problems and harder problems moving forward. And also trust in that if I can trust my my character traits and my values and you know those types of things I'm going to be okay as well and once once I go to that place the kind of the fear that maybe digs its head up in those moments kind of just get go, washes away and so if you are somebody who's maybe experiencing something like that that's just something to think about as well so my third thought is in moments of vulnerability particularly when you think about a future self Remind yourself, if I can trust myself that I can grow and evolve and I can believe in my values and I can believe in the, th- the things that guide my decisions, I can actually look in tomorrow in a way where I'm going to be fine. Number four, learn in a way that scares you. Learn in a way that scares you. I've been doing some learning lately. I, 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 sometimes you... you <laughs> In one of my public talks I do, I have this thing where I talk about, I've already talked this on the show, so in my book I talk about this in the first chapter, the moment with my friend Mid, when I was in Florida, and we're sitting in this hotel room, and Mid and I, we love the deep and meaningfuls, you know, Mid and I can go out for dinner and we have five hours where we just sit and talk, and 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 we could go for ten hours, you know, I love speaking with Mid, I, I, it's one of those people I could spend as much time in my life with, and um, with Mid, we're in Florida, and Mid turns around to me. She goes, Bevan, you realize we're failing at fitness. Now, you've probably heard me say this because I've said it in the show before, but I talk about it in, in the book as well. And that was a moment in my life which changed my life. Because when Mid said, you realize we're failing at fitness, and I thought, what is she talking about? Like, I, I teach exercise to a 1,000 people a week. I'm an, a, a professional Ironman athlete. I train 30 hours a week. I'm nailing fitness. And she goes, Bevan... Most people aren't exercising, most people are putting on weight, most people are getting unfit. If we're fitness professionals and it's our job to help people, we're failing with fitness. And this is a really important moment in my life because 
I often talk about how it's like you see a colour that you've never seen before. It's like you see a colour like you've never seen before. And that's what that moment for Mid with me was like. Like when Mid said that to me, it was like there was an alien colour that I'd never seen before because it was a new thought pattern that I'd, I just never thought of. Again, before that moment, if you said, am I successful at fitness? I'd be like, I'm an absolute legend at fitness because, again, I'm in front of thousands of people each week. I know how to get the best out of people. I, I'm a high-level athlete. As soon as she said that, I was like, oh. <laughs> uh, um, I wasn't that I was failing in fitness because I was still doing well in many areas, but in one area, I was failing. Now, recently, I've been doing some learning on business, and I've had, I've had one of those moments. I've had a mid-moment. I've had a moment where I've done some learning where I'm like, oh my God, I've just seen another colour here. I've seen a colour in a way which makes me look at the, the version of myself up into that moment of time and go, oh my God, you, you've been so naive. You know, you, you, you're so, there's so much you have, have never thought about. And once you see this colour, you can see kind of all the mistakes you've made in the past because you haven't seen that colour. Now I've got to be honest. When I when I started when I first kind of started doing this learning, I was like, I was kind of confronted with it. And actually, when I talked about feeling a bit vulnerable recently, I felt a bit vulnerable because of that moment. Because I I had this moment where I saw this color and I was like, oh my god! Like, look at all the mistakes you've made because you haven't been able to see that color. And at first, I was a bit vulnerable, and I went back to trusting my growth, my evolution, and trusting my values. And then I, I thought, well, I've got to learn more. And so I've been studying deeper in this area. I've been learning, you know, I've been spending pretty much 30 minutes each day studying this stuff and thinking about how I can implement it and think about how I can move forward. And what's been shifting is now I'm actually excited about what I'm going to be able to do moving forward because I kind of, with this learning that I'm doing and, and because I'm studying it, because I'm going deeply in tuned with this learning, my head's coming up with better solutions for the problems I was trying to solve yesterday and solutions which are really exciting about how I move forward. But the, the, the point I want to make here is, and this is why learning is so important, it's important that you, learn, you, you do learning that scares you. And when I mean scares you, it, it scares you because you see that colour. Like that moment when I read this book on, on business, and, and I've read, seriously, I've read hundreds of business books. But this book was like, OMG, this has shifted everything about the way I think about business. And then I've gone deeper into the learning around this guy who's educated me. And as soon as I did that, I was scared. But man, it's led to a powerful path change moving forward in the way I'm doing things. And I think it's important for all of us to learn in a way that scares us. And what I mean by that is to learn in a way that helps you see colours that you can't see right now. And to do it in all areas of your life. Like, do it in the areas where you're strong. Like, I would have said, if you said, um, am I a good business person? I would have said, I, I don't think I'm a rock star business person. I don't think I'm, you know, I'm no Bill Gates. Um, but I'm a, I, I would have said I'm a really good local small business owner. But actually now, I don't think I know if I am. You know, no, I don't really know if I am. I think I'm actually a kind of an average local small business owner. And that's okay. Because now with the understanding that I have, I, I kind of know where I can go moving forward. So that scared me. 
But what powerful learning that was. Point number... Which one am I going to do here? Let's say number five. Using next level tools. Using next level tools. So when we think about development... So, okay, where am I going with this? Okay, hey, hey, told you, it's going to be random. So... In the last period of time, I've been getting into weights. And uh, I may have already talked about this on the show, but so I already do about 10 hours exercise a week, 10 to 12 exercise on average. Uh, It's a lot of hard exercise because I teach in front of people. Um, I'm a very fit man, especially for my age. I would be in the top 1% of people in my age, guaranteed. Uh, And it's not me being cocky, it's just kind of a fact. Um, Now, because I had the back operation early in the year, because I'm getting a little bit older, because I want the challenge, um, I wanted to get back into doing weights. And so I set a goal of, of doing three sessions a week, an hour session, because I already do some pump classes. So I had this goal that I wanted to do till the end of the year. Uh, and I ha- I've done it. I've done for the last two months, I've done three sessions a week. I haven't missed a session. Um, I've actually continued to grow. So I've been um, getting stronger, developing my mental game, um, learning how to turn around days where I'm kind of maybe struggling a little bit. So I think I've kind of succeeded in the first goal. Now, in the first two months, it was a real foundation building. And foundation building in in two ways. A, the habit. So the habit of me going to the gym and doing the weights program. B, the development of the weights program and me getting strong enough. So I was not, you know, back in the old days, I used to squat with maybe, you know, I think my biggest squat was, I had 80 on each side, so maybe 180 kg, maybe 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 once I had 200. So, you know, which is decent, you know, I'm no, no Schwarzenegger, but, you know, whereas nowadays I'm probably, probably about 100 kg, maybe 120. Um, so, you know, I've got, I'm developing that strength. So that was the first objective. Now I'm kind of about two months down the pathway, I've set up those things. I've got the good foundation. I've got a good habit. But now I need to go to the next level. And the next level is me training harder in the weights room. And for me to go to harder in the weights room, I've got to find next level tools. And there's two things around this. There's the practical tools. Like one thing I did is I bought some grips. So grips are when you do a deadlift, often your your forearm strength is not strong enough to help you when you want to go heavier in your in your deadlifts. And so I needed a higher level tool to be able to do deadlifts to a much heavier weight. So I invested in some grips. So that was quite a practical tool. Um, I started finding a training partner. And a training partner who I knew wasn't wasn't a bad training partner. And this is really important because training partners can be a hindrance. Like you need someone who's always going to turn up on time. You need someone who's got the right attitude. You need someone who understands that you're there to push each other and you're not there to let each other the hook. You need a training partner who knows how to spot well. You know, that's important. A next level tool, which I haven't done yet, but I may do, is invest in a personal trainer. Now, admittedly, I know how to write programs and all the rest of it. Um, but it might be nice to get someone who's got a different angle to come in and say, actually, here's some stuff you need to do. And so when I think about the, the development pathway, as you work down, walk down a pathway and you kind of think of the objectives of the time, 
what are the next level tools you need to use? First of all, my, my first level tools was good time management, good mental planning, and a basic program. That was for this up for those first two months. Now as I'm going to try to train harder, I need the gear, I need a training partner, and I may need a, a, a program that's a higher level, just from a different angle from another personal trainer. So when you go to the next level, don't just think, how do I get to the next level? What are the next level tools that I need to put in place to make sure that I can bring the best out of myself? I think I got that one there. Yep, that's number five, was it? I think it's five. Okay, what have I got here? Number six. How do you make terrible decisions? How do you make terrible decisions? I was thinking about this the other day. Let's say you had to make a really big life decision. What, how would you make a terrible decision around that? You know, you might do it. You might do it rushed. You might do it in a place where you're emotionally drained. You might do it when you're tired. You might not get good advice. And I just love this concept of how do you make terrible decisions? And and what I mean by that is, when it comes to making decisions, when you're thinking about, let's look at a big decision. Let's say you've got to buy a house, like. I remember once years ago, I had, I had someone I knew, and they bought a house, and they made every decision wrong. And unfortunately, it kind of cost them, because they bought it at the peak of the market, they they didn't get a very good assessment done, because they were trying to be cheap, um, so they had problems when they went into the house, it cost them a lot more once they went into the house. They kind of just made every decision wrong. And, and interestingly, I'm, I'm, you know, I've always done a little bit of property investing, so... I'm someone who has a little bit of knowledge. I wouldn't say I'm an expert in property, but I'm, you know, I'm someone who knows some stuff and I've had some experience. They didn't even ask any questions from someone like me. Now, it, they basically just went full semi head into this massive life decision. Like, you know, buying a home for most people is a decision you do two or three times in a lifetime. And this person did everything wrong. They did everything wrong. And unfortunately, it kind of cost them a lot because they paid too much. They had problems in the house when they got in the house you know so they kind of went about it all the wrong way and it's just a really good question to ask yourself how do I make a bad decision how could I make a bad decision in this situation and it's a really good question to ask yourself in big life moments in big life moments like buying a home like should I change my career like should I stay in a relationship? Like, is this the right person for me? You know, like I think of myself in, in my relationships as a young man. Um, I don't think I had bad partners, but I think I made bad choices. You know, like my, the partners weren't bad people, and, and my, all my relationships in the past were in really nice relationships, but they weren't the right person. You know, and, and, and why did I do that? Well, because I was kind of vulnerable and I was feeling insecure at that time. And so I just made a decision from a bad place. And if I'd stopped and I said, how could you make a, what, what would you do to make a bad decision right now? How would you make a bad decision? I may have thought, you know, oh, you're in an emotional place right now. Maybe just spend some time looking after your emotions, you know? Or for my friend who was buying a house, you know, this is a big life decision. Maybe I should get some mentoring. Maybe I should get some advice from people who have been there and done that. And maybe I should invest a little bit more in this decision because it's one of the biggest financial decisions I'm going to make in my life. So next time you catch that you have to make a big decision in your life, I want you to pause and I want you to say to yourself, 
how could I make a really bad decision right now? Now, you can do this in the big life decision, or you could even just do it in the everyday decisions. You know, like, you're going out for dinner tonight, how could you make a bad decision? Well, you could let someone else influence you when they say, oh, I'm going to have dessert. You know, when you put this question in front of your head, you can kind of start to see how that would work against you. Next up, how many have I done? Have I done six? I think I've done six. Uh, what do you, okay, what do you need to quit? It's a question I've been thinking about right now. Um, going back to this learning I've been doing around business, uh, I'm starting to think about what I need to quit to have more opportunity to do the thing I want to do. And it's a really probably well, I could probably do a whole podcast on this one. What do I maybe I have in the past? What do I need to quit? What do I need to quit? What do you need to quit in your life right now? And when we think about this, there's some obvious things like you know you might say unhealthy things like a bad relationship, uh, unhealthy behaviours like smoking or drinking too much or overeating. But also when we think about what should I quit, is sometimes there's things that actually have benefit but it's actually not enough benefit anymore have benefit but not enough benefit anymore it might be that you do something and there's a financial payoff for it but actually it's not enough of a financial payoff anymore you know that's that's something that you know you can think about do you still need to hold on to this anymore uh, I think of myself in my Les Mills world um, in Les Mills in my time I've done every role other than being a choreographer which is every role within the business that I ever wanted to do well no I never actually wanted to be a choreographer but every role within the business that you can do and within that in the last moment of time I've actually quit a lot of those roles and it took me a while to quit them and some of them I was holding on to just because of the status just because I knew it just because I got paid all right to do it but actually, I've been there, done that. It's no longer growing me. It, I wasn't challenged by it. There was no real growth in it for me anymore. And so when it came to pull back from those things, it was actually pretty easy to quit. And it's been, you know, with that time, I've been able to do other things that have been able to develop my life. And so when I talk about what do you need to quit, I'm not saying just the obvious things. I'm not just saying, you know, smoking, drinking, bad relationships, you know, a job you hate, those types of things, which, hey, by all means, quit those things as well. I'm saying the things you're holding on to for the wrong reasons. The things you're holding on to for the wrong reasons. What are those for you in your life? And how do you make sure you quit them, you know, that you can actually let go of them? You know, what, what, what do you need to do to actually allow yourself to quit those things is probably... The last point on that. Um, you know what? I'm coming up to 40 minutes. I might just do one more. Um, ambition. Do you need to be more ambitious? Do you? Do you need to be more ambitious? I've been asking myself this. Um, I'm doing all right. So, you know, like I'm, am I successful? I, th I think, you know, most people would probably categorize me as successful. I've done well in life. Um... But I think I could probably be more ambitious. Like, I'm not a household name in fitness in New Zealand. And, you know, I'm known in fitness in New Zealand. And a lot of people in the industry will know me. A lot of people in the public will know me. But I'm not like a, 
an Elon Musk of fitness in New Zealand. And I'm one of the people who could be. Like, I've got the qualifications, I've got the, the skills, I've got uh, philosophy, I've got, you know, why is that? And I think maybe I haven't been ambitious enough. You know, maybe I need to be more ambitious with this. Now, ambitious within a life I want. Like, I don't want to be ambitious in a way where I'm a guy who's working 80 hours a week. That doesn't appeal to me. But, you know, maybe I should be shooting a little bit higher. And obviously with this book that I'm doing, that's something I'll be thinking about because I do want to become a household name with fitness in New Zealand because then I can help more people. Um, So when you think about yourself, do you need to be more ambitious? It's an interesting question to ask, eh? Do I need to be more ambitious? And what's stopping me from being ambitious? I think for me it's always been safety. You know, I think I've talked about this on the, on the show in a while. Um, you know, uh, I don't need to be so safe anymore. I just need, you know, because tr- the thing is, if I'm, if I'm ambitious and I succeed what ambition gives to me, I have more security anyway. <laughs> you know, like, that's the thing about it. So just, just think about yourself. As you look to 2022, where can you be more ambitious? Like, the thing is, somebody gets to be the person Somebody gets to be the rock star. Somebody gets to be the the person who makes the product that changes the world. Somebody gets to be um, the person who makes massive change on other people's lives. Why can't they be you? Like seriously, in the area that you you want to have an impact, why can't they be you? And maybe it's just about you going. You know what? I should be the person of that level. So, yeah, can you be more ambitious? Interesting to think about, isn't it? Uh, okay, there, there's, there's my random thoughts. Okay, I'll just quickly say them again. So first of all, stop problem solving. That's when people are putting their, their showing vulnerability, don't problem solve, don't tell them it's going to be right. Show understanding first. Uh, secondly, uh, singular focus. If you're going to do something, just... Just singular focus. Don't get distracted by all the other things. Number three was trust and growth and values when you look to the future, especially if you're feeling vulnerability. Uh, learn in a way that scares you. You know, you want to see the different colors. You want to see new lenses. It's going to be scary because you're going to see your weaknesses when you do it, but then it opens you up to a pathway that's really exciting moving forward. Number five, did I do a five? I oh, yes, I did. Next level tools. So when you are trying to go next level, don't just expect that the tools you've used at this point in time are going to help you. You need to find next level tools. Number six, how do you make a terrible decision? How can you make a terrible decision in this situation? That's something to think about. Number seven, what do I need to quit? And then number eight, can you be more ambitious? It's, uh, imagine, I always say, uh, what would be a high level self? Imagine if you get those things right, you'll definitely be a higher level self. As I said at the beginning of the show, that may have been the best, the middle, or the worst show I've ever done. Uh, I don't know, just random thoughts from Bevan. Obviously I've got a lot on my mind right now, team. I've got a lot on my mind. Um, yeah. I think that pretty much wraps up today's show. I will be back before Christmas or around New Year's. Um, normally I kind of just put old interviews on, but I've, I've got an interview lined up, which I probably will get done before Christmas. So what's the date today? So, um, 
Yeah, there might be one on the 27th, or there will be a show. It might be an interview, or I might hold the interview over to the new year. Um, it might just be an interview from the past, or I might grab an interview from my other podcast, because often we get some... I actually had a really cool interview um, with Hamish Carter. Hamish Carter is an Olympic gold medalist. It's very triathlon-focused, but it was actually quite insightful, so I might actually chuck that on over Christmas as well. So I'll be back in Christmas. If, if not, um, I'll be back in the new year. But there will be a show in a couple of weeks' time from now anyway. Anyway, hopefully you enjoyed today's show. If you want to support me, go to bevanjamesisles.com um, to become a patron. If you want to run 5Ks and you want me to support you through running 5Ks with a program that has mentoring, all the programming you need, basically everything you need to run 5Ks, go to my 5K trip. Now, one thing about that. Stupidly, the website I've got it on at the moment, I'm not quite sure why this is, we're trying to sort it out. You have to put www.my5kdream. So it's www.my5, the number 5kdream.com. So if you want to run 5Ks, you're looking for a 5K running goal as you head into the new year, go to that. Remember, you've got to put the www in place uh, to get there. It's, I think it's like $97. So really, seriously, it's, it's worth way more than $97. So make sure you do that. Uh, and again, in 2022, book's coming out. I'm going to be getting your support when your book comes out, but we'll talk about that later. Anyway, have a wonderful Christmas and New Year's. I'll see you uh, in the next episode of the show.